You are Locked On Irish, your daily podcast on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to Locked On Irish, your daily Notre Dame athletics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode, we are uh, discussing two more NFL draft declarations. Both are not surprises. Both are guys that we expected. Both are big names on this Notre Dame squad. And then to wrap up today's show, we are going to be previewing Notre Dame's matchup against Virginia Tech in basketball that is going to be played on January 10th, which is this upcoming Sunday. Before we get into that, folks, I am Joe DeLeon, joined by Ryan Roberts. I am a former Division I long snapper at the University of Rhode Island, and Ryan is the director of scouting at NFL Draft Bible. So the first declaration that we have, getting into the big news, the big piece here, Ian Book declares for the NFL Draft. He makes it public last night. Um, And that ultimately is not something that we're very surprised about. Apparently there was like very minor speculation that if he wanted to come back, he could. But I think most of us agreed it was probably going to be a circumstance where he decided to leave, especially with the the Jack Cohn decision to transfer to Notre Dame. But the, the real question I want uh, to pick apart here, Ryan, is where do we think he'll go? And, and what do we think his pro projection is going to be? When I say when I say where in terms of round-wise in the NFL draft, he, he's definitely a draftable player based on what we saw in various games. But Ryan, for you, where do you think he fits best? Well, Joe, I wanted to talk about an Ian Book versus Jack Cohn quarterback competition. No, you didn't. Personally. Like, that's, that's what I wanted to speak about. Well, I'm denying um, that. <laughs> all right, you're denying it. Well, this was a no-brainer. Fifth-year senior. Again, we're in a world where we have to talk about fifth-year guys deciding to go into the drafts with the extra year. So we're here. Ian Book, all-time leading wins leader at Notre Dame history at the quarterback position. 30 wins. Outstanding career. When we're talking about NFL draft, though, we're going to talk about traits a lot. We're going to talk about ceilings and floors. With a guy like Ian Book, I think of him similarly to I thought of Trace McSorley that came out of Penn State a couple years ago. He's an undersized quarterback, right around six foot, maybe a little bit of change, 200, 205 pounds. Solid athlete. I would not call him a great athlete. He's enough of an athlete to be a a solid extender of the football. He can extend the pocket. He can run the football to a decent degree. There is a extreme cap on his ability as a passer. He does not have the strongest arm in the world. He is not a very good deep thrower. He does not even really look to throw deep, uh, you know, too much because he knows that he cannot stress a defense vertically consistently. So for me, he is really limited to a West Coast role as a quarterback. He has to he has to win short to intermediate, move the pocket, win with movements, be a little bit of a of an escape artist to a degree at some points. So where is his draft grade? I think he's late day three. I think he's sixth to seventh round. I think that the more people are really going to sit down and watch Ian Book, they're going to appreciate what he accomplished at Notre Dame, but they're also going to keep in their mind that he's undersized, he's a solid athlete, nothing special, doesn't have a great arm. Is there a floor as a backup quarterback? 
I think there could be in the right situation, like Trace McSorley right now in Baltimore, backup quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. The troubling part, though, is usually backups, you're going to try to cling to some type of, I don't want to say upside, but some tangible ability to be a pocket quarterback. Ian Book doesn't have that. He That's not where he's ever going to win. So for me, I think he's a sixth to seventh rounder. Who will, I think he's going to have a little trouble to stick, to be honest. I don't think that it's a foregone conclusion that Ian Book's going to be in the NFL next year. He might be a guy that maybe makes a living in another league. But I do think that he could have enough. It's really just going to be extremely dictated on the situation that he falls into. And frankly, that's the, that's the key point here is his projection really puts him in the spot where he's likely going to be a backup. There's a lot of guys in this year's class that – have better traits that I think a lot of NFL teams are going to be really interested in. I think like Desmond Ritter is a really good example of that. Somebody who's probably going to go somewhere in day two or early day three because he has traits that are going to excite teams. Same thing with with Kellen Mond, who just declared. The thing with Ian Book, because of the physical limitations in the modern NFL, you're typically not going to draft a guy like that. And he's not like Baker Mayfield, who excelled in various aspects of his game and he had a much better arm even though they're they're a similar size they're both about six foot I think uh, Baker Mayfield's a little bit bigger Um, so that's not really a good comparison the better comparisons that we're going to keep hearing are the ones that I the one that I always say Easton Stick and the one that you brought up Trace McSorley in this instance for me though I think that he I don't disagree that you think that he's probably going to have a tough time making a roster but the one thing for me that is going to help him out the most is he's clearly a very smart kid He's very a very, very good leader. He has shown he has the character that you want with your backup quarterback. And maybe that's a guy that a team that's willing to carry three, three quarterbacks on a roster, maybe two, which a, three doesn't really ta- happen a whole lot. If they just want a, a young guy that is going to be a, a, a strong locker room presence that is very, very smart, like those are the things that are going to help him end up getting a job is because he would just provide good value as a backup and always know what's going on um, and, you know, w- ways to contribute to the team, even if he's not getting on the field. I think a lot of people throw around the term game manager a ton, and there's like this really negative connotation to the word game manager. But for a backup quarterback, you want to have a guy that could just keep you afloat, that can just keep the, the shit moving. They don't kill you. Ian Book has never been a guy that is going to turn the ball over the most uh, that much. But what I think he really does have going against him is, again, like the ability to just stay in rhythm, stay in structure, win, make the easy things easy. He doesn't always make the easy things easy. He makes sometimes out of structure, extending plays look easy. I think some teams are going to want the other side of that, though. They're going to want the guy that, hey, maybe he's just a pocket quarterback, but we know what we're getting. He's not going to put the ball in, in bad situations. He's a safe player. Ian Book is safe to a degree that he isn't going to pull the trigger, but he doesn't really win in structure enough for me to say that guy is going to hit that third step, one step, and then he is going to fire the ball and hit the short to intermediate, and he's going to consistently do that. I don't think he sees the field incredibly well enough to do that on top of the middling traits that he has. But we have to hope that the things that Ian Book does well enough that maybe that this will transcend it a little bit is the fact of he's played a lot of football, He's won a lot of football games, and you can't really quantify the quote-unquote being a winner aspect of everything, but there is something to be said for a guy that consistently 
gets the W, that consistently has those results, because usually that shows that the guy understands what his positives are, understands what his negatives are, and is uh, is able to stay within himself to not put the team into a bad situation. Right, right. And, and that all, all that definitely makes a lot of sense when we're talking about his pro projection. And we're just trying to be realistic. I know that there are some Notre Dame fans out there that think he's possibly a first-round guy. And I know that for some who are listening to this, to this might think that's crazy, but every year that there's a decent Notre Dame quarterback, it's okay to have a fan bias, but we're providing, we're taking that bias out of this. We're talking from the NFL draft perspective that we have, and specifically Ryan has as an evaluator, as as a, uh, a media scout with NFL Draft Bible, and then me just in general being a former player, understanding what it takes to find a role on an NFL roster. And I can guarantee whichever agent Ian Book signs with is telling him, Look, Ian, you're going to be a later round guy. If you come to the combine, you do really, really well. You'll probably improve your draft stock. You'll probably make yourself some money if you do well at the Senior Bowl and and show some different things. You can make yourself some additional money. But any team that's drafting you is not going to be drafting you to become a developmental quarterback down the line to start in a few years. Instead, it's going to be this team is going to draft you because they want you to be a very good backup on their team for an extended period of time for a veteran that looks very similar. Someone who is a similar size, a similar style, which is not a whole lot of teams. That is probably the realistic approach from whoever his agent is. I think the senior bowl is going to go one of two ways. One, it's either coaches are going to fall in love with him because he's got that gritty side to him. He has that, he has that, that, that it factor to him, right? Like he's going to interview well. Or it's going to be like a Jake Fromm situation where when he was at the Combine where you saw him throw some in-breaking routes and you just saw that there was no juice to his arm. It's going to be a one way or the other. Ian Book, in order to get that opportunity to be successful, he's going to have to win you over as a person. And from everything we've heard of about him, right, leader, that just the, the, the aura around him when he, when he steps on the football field, you can tell that the guys really gravitate toward him. So that is going to be, I think, even more important than his actual performance at the Senior Bowl is going to be how he commands the huddle, how he interviews with guys. That is the hidden aspect to the quarterback evaluation that I think for a guy like Ian Book who has those middling traits, that's probably going to be more important than just watching him on the field down in Mobile, Alabama and watch him throw the football is how people respond to to his play on the field. And that, that's something that's impacted a lot of guys' stocks, maybe that were mid-tier guys where you end up hearing they were either very difficult, they were um, antisocial, they weren't interacting with guys. And in those cases, it usually hurt them. Or you hear about guys who immediately commanded the respect of everybody around them, and it was glaring. I, I think that was a, a storyline last year with Justin Herbert. Everybody was worried about what he was like as a leader, but then apparently when he was at the Senior Bowl, that was completely hushed away because he was one of those guys that just immediately got everybody's attention, was not too outspoken, but was still able to command the respect of his teammates. And Ian Book is definitely going to be one of those guys. Coming up, we're going to talk about Dalen Hayes declaring another Senior Bowl player, another Notre Dame NFL draft prospect. Before we get to that, folks, I want to talk to you about Bet Online. We are getting so close to the NFL playoffs. It is going to be starting this weekend. Additionally, NBA, college basketball are in full swing. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% 
welcome bonus. And I can tell you right now, there are definitely some interesting lines this week for the NFL in the playoffs. There are some oddly seeded teams. There are going to be upsets this weekend. If you think you have an itch and you see a good line, go put some money down. Don't just sit back and say like, oh, maybe this will happen and then regret it afterwards. I do that way too much. Do not be like me. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get on in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Twenty twenty is mercifully over, and it is time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball football and nba locks all winter long subscribe to locked on bets wherever you get your podcasts and also folks go subscribe to our show as well and leave us a review so dalen hayes defensive end edge player whatever you want to call him i know ryan and and david turner are not the biggest fan of the the word edge but just for the sake of the listeners dalen hayes and edge really strong senior presence on the defense was a big impact player in a number of important games has announced also last night that he is declaring for the NFL draft. Uh, last night, referring to Wednesday night, we're recording this on Thursday. You're listening to us on Friday morning. So same thing with Ian Book, Ryan. Where do you think this guy lands? Is this a guy that if – well, this is that, – that's actually – this is a very bland question to ask. I was going to say if he does well at the Senior Bowl, does that impact him? Obviously it does. But, like, where do you see him going? How do you think his path is going to turn out? Yeah, we don't like the term edge just because it, it really it lumps all three, four outside linebackers and four, three defensive ends into one, and I feel like that really ruins the evaluation for some people because they can't really determine which spot they fit best. For Dalen, he's an interesting player that we've highlighted before because he was a really high recruit coming out of California, and he certainly looked apart in high school. He was a guy that dealt with a lot of injuries in high school, though, so it wasn't as tangible. Like He was mostly an all-upside guy. But he's listed a little over 6'3", 200 and almost 270 pounds now as a defensive end for Notre Dame in their base four-man alignment, um, four-down lineman. And he's a guy, though, that I think a lot of teams are really going to like because not only has he had the experience with getting his hand on the dirt, he also has played some drop end for Notre Dame where they asked them to you know, get back in coverage, do different things in space, and I think that he's going to be a scheme-diverse player that not only could he be a 4-3 defensive end, I think he could also be that 3-4 outside linebacker and do some of those things as a strong side outside linebacker in a 3-4 where, yeah, you're going to ask that guy to be a little more involved in coverage and do different things in space. And I think he's shown the ability to do that. And he's a really smooth athlete. I think that he has never really put it all together because he is not the most clear projection as strictly a pass rusher he's a guy that's going to have to win off of versatility but he has shown all the talent in the world that size that athleticism he can do a lot of different things that i think is going to have a lot of people very excited from multitude of different defensive structures and i think that when he goes down to senior bowl people are going to see him they're going to see that he moves really well in space for the size that he has has a really clean frame i think he's going to test a lot better than some people think so where does he fit if you're asking me right now without that potential bump of the Senior Bowl and a combine performance, a pro day performance, all those, all those factors that we don't know yet for his draft process, 
I'll say he's an early day three player. Fourth round, maybe into the fifth, depending on what the, you know, what the boards fall in a little bit. But if he if he plays well in those situations and he tests well, don't count out day two. I think he could slide somewhere into the third round because I think that there is a whole lot of untapped potential. And especially at defensive end, outside linebacker, those pass rushers, when a team falls in love with the traits and they say, I can make this guy even more than he already is, that's where guys really start to fly off the boards because that's where those quote-unquote traitsy players really start to rise throughout the process. And the thing that's so different with Dalen Hayes than it is for Ian Book, Dalen Hayes has the perfect size for the position he's going to play. Six foot three, uh, he's listed at 269. I, I wonder how much higher or lower he might end up going. I would assume he's probably going to cut a little bit of weight just so he can run faster at the NFL Combine. Uh, but you know, ultimately, you talked about how if somebody falls in love with him and the, and the traits and the size, I mean, this is a guy who could start on an NFL team just based on how he's built. There's not going to be any limitations, not, not talking in terms of uh, you know traits and stuff like that, but just based on how he's built, he can go out there. He's not going to be held back by any physical limitations. You know, A lot of this, too, that's very different for me in book is there's going to be a lot less quarterbacks taken off the board because there's very few circumstances where a team is going to take a different quarterback. But you know, teams could have completely loaded – um, players at the edge position, an outside linebacker or defensive end, but they'll still take guys just because they want depth or maybe they like the value that maybe a couple of years from now when somebody has is in a contract year, they can just give Dalen Hayes some additional playing time. And I think the other thing additionally, just in terms of his size, which is a lot of scouts do like to look at stuff like that, and I know it's something that I keep bringing up here, I feel like he could either turn into – um, you know, a hand in the dirt defensive end, or he, and he's shown the ability to move in space that he could play as you know a, a pass rushing outside linebacker in a three four scheme. You can never have enough pass rushers. You never ever ever ever. Every team clamors for it. No matter if you have the absolute best in the world in the Joey Bosa's, the Chandler Joneses, whatever it is, they always need a partner in crime. They always need that second wave because what teams have done now in this passing league is they'll say. Our strongest defensive end of our stars. We're going to move them inside. And then that's our kind of our sub packages. Hey, we might have a Brandon Graham playing three tackle in some plays instead of playing that true defensive end for the Eagles. That is always going to be something that people are going to love. Teams are going to strive for. As many pass rushers and many versatile pieces that you can get in this, in this NFL where they really, really emphasize creating and manufacturing space, you can never have enough pass rushers. Right. Right. That's that's an absolute fact there. You can never have too many pass rushers at all. I've got a weird comp for you, and I, I love throwing out comps. I have, that, I have one for you, too. Right. I have one for you, let, too. Let me so. give mine first. I love throwing out comps because I know Ryan always disagrees with me on them. All right. How do you like Marcus Golden for Dalen Hayes? You're, you're lying, dude. That's is that what, what you're going to say? I swear to God. Because he's got you know, <laughs> no. similar size. Marcus Golden is a guy who... I could put him on a 4-3 on a, a team. I can ask him to play prim- primarily with his hand in the dirt. Or you can have him play that 3-4 outside linebacker. That's literally what happened with Marcus Golden when they changed defensive coordinators. They rent, went from uh, the Giants before he got traded to the Cardinals. They went from primarily running a 4-3 defense, and he was a rotational pass rusher, to then being an outside linebacker playing that Kyler Fackrell role when Kyler Fackrell went down. He has that capability. And I think 100% Dalen Hayes has that capability to become that type of player. Man, Joe, that was weird. I must say, you, you, you highlighted that perfectly. I hate your comps. I absolutely hate Oh, them. you totally do. And 
Yeah, I totally hate them. And I, I should have I guess I shouldn't have been surprised that you threw out a, a New York Giant, right, as your comp. Like that yeah. makes total sense. But you know, yeah. No, no, I like I like it though. Like you said, I think there's a physical profile to him. I think Dalen Hayes has that stockier frame where he can even put on more weight. I think he has that potential. I even think he's a little better athlete than Marcus Golden, which is kind of like, hey, Marcus Golden maybe with a little more juice. Now Marcus has that, you know, he's a physical player, he's got good hands, like he's very He's nuanced at the position that Dalen isn't there yet. But if you're just talking about physical traits, there's a lot to be liked with a guy like Dalen Hayes. Coming up, folks, in a few minutes, we will preview the Virginia Tech basketball game, which is this Sunday. Before we do that, folks, we will be right back. Looking for the best bets heading into Sunday's NFL action? Listen to Locked On NFL Friday as your boy Q and Bo Brock are joined by a betting expert and analyst from the Action Network. Get your full weekend previews and Sunday six-pack of winning bets every Friday on Locked On NFL. Subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcasts. And also make sure to subscribe to our show as well to stay up to date on every single episode. So Virginia Tech is the next game for Notre Dame, currently on a bit of a streak on a slide. doesn't help that they lose out on the Georgia Tech game, which I spent about seven or so minutes talking about the impact of continual moves out of the schedule, continuous postponements. They now have to face a good Virginia Tech team, an 8-2 Virginia Tech team. This game is January 10th at 6 p.m. It's going to be on the ACC network, and it is being played in Blacksburg, Virginia, at Virginia Tech. It's worth noting their best wins this season, coming over a ranked Clemson team and also a ranked Villanova team at the very beginning of the year. That game was a win in um, overtime. So they've, they've shown the ability to play with some bigger programs, and they also only have two losses right now on their schedule, which is a really strong start to the year. And honestly, I, I would argue this is probably one of the better teams that they've, they've faced this season. They, they've had the opportunity to face some down programs. They've also been forced into playing a lot of tiny, tiny programs in the, the Midwestern area. But this is going to be a game where Notre Dame has to be fully prepared to, to face off with the big dogs. Yeah. No, and it's, I mean, like you said, eight and two speaks for itself at this point. Notre Dame has had some good moments. We see flashes of maybe this team really starting to, you know, turn the corner a little bit because they have had some really uneven performances, especially when you're talking about the bench output. But they have a tough outing here because we got guys like Kive Aluma, who is averaging over 15 points a game, averaging over six rebounds a game. He is what has given Notre Dame some trouble, a more, a you know, a bigger low post player at six foot nine who has the ability to get some easy buckets down low. And that's kind of where we've struggled at, really being able to defend those types of players. Now, outside of Kive, they don't have a ton of size. Guys like Jalen Combe and Naheem Aleen and Tyrese Radford and Carter uh, Diara, they're all smaller guys. None of those guys outside of Kive are even taller than six foot four. Mm-hmm. So... There is potential size advantage, especially if Juwan Dorm gives you good minutes, and then we have Nate Lashevsky, and we have some size that I think we can give these guys some trouble. It's just stopping a guy like Kive Oluma, who's had such a good start to the season, is really going to determine for me the pace 
and how Notre Dame is able to win this game because we really need to be able to spread the floor here, knock down some jumpers. But when we have chances inside, again, with Lashevsky and Durham and some of our bigger guys down low, we have to take advantage of the fact that we actually do have the size advantage despite, despite playing a very talented Virginia Tech team. And you look at Kive, and he's the player that we really need to pay the most attention to. He's very reminiscent of the typical college big that we see that's not really going to be a big name prospect. He's only six foot nine, but he's so good in the post. He's a strong player. We see a lot of teams that their best post players are usually not super big guys, but they're just really strong, really fundamentally sound. He's he's got a you know pretty good post move arsenal in there. That's something that is going to be really important for this game. You talked about all these various pieces, but for me, Kive Aluma can either make or break this game. We saw the last time that Juwan Durham had to face off against a shorter player that was stronger than him when they played Ohio State. Ohio State, EJ Liddell ate his lunch that entire game. And that's a, a situation that we could see here. I'm curious to see who is going to be covering Kive, who is going to be playing against him, because he's a player who, if they don't have the proper matchup, could just continually back down Notre Dame's players as we know that they're inconsistent when it comes to post play. Well, and I, I'm not sure if Trey Wirtz is going to be available for this game after missing the last one, but I, I would think, I mean, because we always we keep going back and forth with what's the best lineup with Jawan Dorn potentially in there, out. I think for a guy like Aluma, who really does a lot of damage uh, you know, down low, being a six foot nine, 235-plus pound athlete, like he's a bigger player, trying to spread the floor against a team like this. Maybe Nate Lashevsky plays that five, and he's able to really – kind of stress you outside a little bit more so that creates a little more space and then you get your shooters go in there with Wirtz and Prentice Hub. And I mean, because when we spread the floor, we're pretty good. You know, we have some shooters. I don't want us to get into a situation where we say, like, we pigeonhole ourselves and say, hey, Aluma's their best player. We need to get we need to get Juwan Dorham in there. And then Juwan Dorham maybe gives you some hit or miss moments, but like that's, I think that's really neutralizing how effective the offense could be. So for me, I'm looking for them. If Trey Wirtz could play, let's get all our shooters on the court at once. Let's spread them out. Let's make Aluma a little uncomfortable having to defend out to the perimeter. I think that's probably the most advantageous way that Notre Dame can attack this team. Certainly, certainly. And this is going to be an important game as they've struggled against stronger teams and, again, teams that have really good low-post players. Folks, that's going to be it from us on today's show. Thank you for tuning in. Next week on Monday, we will be uh, previewing the Virginia Tech Sorry, recapping rather, the Virginia Tech basketball game. We actually stay tuned. We've got a really interesting interview coming up with a Notre Dame football player, a big name, maybe one we possibly already mentioned. So stay tuned for that. That is going to be in the works for some time next week. Follow us on social media at Joe DeLeon, uh, at Rise and Draft, and at Locked on Irish. Hit that subscribe button if you enjoy listening to us and drop us a review. Lastly, if you're looking for something else to tune into, head on over to Locked On NFL to get your bets for the NFL for this weekend. Enjoy the rest of your day, folks, and enjoy your weekend.